0: To Miller and Condon, welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KX and oh one oh six point three on the FM dial. That music means it's time for our friend David Kaplan. He joins us this time each and every Wednesday. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors our friend David Kaplan, and he is with us. Capper, Trenton, Ken, how are you? What's up, boys? How we doing this morning? Doing well. Did you have Tampa Bay on Sunday, or did you, like me, foolishly think that the Chiefs uh, just couldn't be beaten?
2: Boy, how quick your memory fades. Maybe you need a memory (laughs) home. Did I not lay out the case for you last week why Tampa was going to win the game outright? You did, but I didn't know if
0: you pulled the trigger.
2: Pulled it hard. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) I had Leonard Fournette over on yards. I had Ronald Jones over on yards. I had Tom Brady over two-and-a-half touchdowns. Gronk over two-and-a-half receptions. I lost on Brady completions. It was, I think, 25-and-a-half and then i had tampa bay money line nice
0: well, the, the game wasn't much of a game unless you were on the right side of it, and uh, sounds like well. It sounds like uh, you were, Cap. I guess the biggest football story now going forward is is going to be what the Bears are going to do at the quarterback position. Rumors really caught fire uh, that uh, Carson Wentz is going to be either a Bear, and that seemed like the even more so he was going to be a Bear more likely than he was going to be a Colt, which makes a lot of sense. The asking price when it was revealed seemed like the uh, Eagles, um, I don't know who they thought they were dealing, for crying out loud. Carson Wentz, uh, his stock's not real high right now. But where are we, Cap, on the quarterback spot? Is Carson Wentz still um, you know, going to land in Chicago, or is that thing kind of cooled?
2: Uh, I don't know if it's cooled in terms of the Bears trying to procure the next uh, quarterback. You know, like People treated it like breaking news. When I said yesterday, again, Mitchell Trubisky's not walking through that door. He doesn't want to be here under the current circumstances. He likes Chicago, but he doesn't want a repeat, and they don't want him back. They want to move on to the next thing. Just listen to Ted Phillips when they had the press conference, and he said, have we got the quarterback position right? No. Well, then, then obviously you're not bringing Mitch back here. So I think that they have kicked the tires on Matt Stafford. I know they kicked him on Carson Wentz, but they are not, despite what the fan base might want to think, going to hand two number ones and whatever else they have to give up to get him. In fantasy land, if they get him at their price, they're willing to roll the dice that he can be better in Chicago than he was over the last you know, 14, 16 months in Philadelphia where it's gone you know, sideways and then Doug Peterson gets fired and everyone thought, okay, then Carson's staying. They're rebuilding. I think they're willing to move on. But you got to ask yourself this question. They're willing to take a dead cap hit for people that are like, what does that mean? So your salary cap, let's call it $200 million. If you take a dead cap charge where it's money that he still owed that you spread out over a signing bonus, so let's say you signed a six-year deal and your bonus was 120 million dollars. That's 20 million a year. If you get rid of them after one year, that 100 million that you still owe gets accelerated into your cap. Mm. They're willing to take the largest cap hit in the history of the NFL if they move them. That's 34 million dollars. You got to ask yourself why.
0: Why?
3: Right, right. And for a front office and Ryan Pace that might not be around to actually have to uh, sing for their supper after that goes down. John Filippo named the passing game coordinator. Is it just lip service? Is it just another title? Does this mean any, anything, that news that came out the other day?
2: I don't think it means a lot. I mean, he got a promotion. They obviously like him on that staff. And perhaps he was getting some calls, hey, man, would you want to come to our place and be our whatever he was in Philly as the quarterback's coach. They had great success going a Super Bowl. He went to Minnesota as the OC and got fired. He went to Jacksonville as the OC and got fired. And it doesn't mean he's not a good coach. A lot of good coaches. Bill Belichick was fired. But I think the Bears like the work he's doing, and so they gave him a promotion because that way they didn't have to replace
0: Dave Ragone, who left hmm. Cap. So it, back to the quarterback. If not Carson Wentz, uh, starting to be put out there, and I don't know if it's if it's Russell Wilson's people that are putting this out there, or it's the Seahawks themselves that he might become available. I think he's only got one more year on his contract. He wants a lot of money to you know wherever he's going to play, and maybe the Seahawks are willing to uh, to part ways with him. If if Russell Wilson is available, why wouldn't the Bears? be kicking the tires on him, or are they?
2: Well, I'm sure that they said that they've gotten multiple calls. I'm sure the Bears have called everyone that has a quarterback that might become available. But what is your? what are you giving up to get a Hall of Fame quarterback who's still in the prime of his career? I mean, if you said, okay, I'll give you Nick Foles, and I'll give you, they're not taking Khalil Mack. The dead cap charge would make it almost impossible. They're not taking Robert Quinn. Like, people keep calling into the radio show going, well, give them your number (laughs) one and tell them they can have uh, Danny Trevathan and Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith. They're not doing that. If they moved on from Russell Wilson, they're going to ask you for three number ones, three number twos, and a good young defensive play. Like, they're going to make it so impossible on you. And – Any team they deal him to, if they did, and I don't think they will, if they did, they're going to ask for a young quarterback back. Bears don't have one.
3: They don't, and uh, that's where we are. So looking to the draft and what they're going to do, that's also been a piece of draft picks, possibly compensation going out there. What do you look at the draft board and the most important pieces, leaving quarterback aside, not knowing how that's going to play out, what else is going to be at the top of the wish list come draft time?
2: Left tackle, left tackle, left hmm. tackle, left tackle. <laughs> you have got to replace Charles Leno. I still think you also need a right tackle. Um, you can get one in free agency, the right tackle. Left tackles that are good don't become available in free agency. That's just a fact. You have a good franchise-quality left tackle. He never becomes available. He gets paid. Now, could there be a fluke? like Mitchell Schwartz, now he's not a left tackle, Mitchell Schwartz became available for the Chiefs because the Browns were incompetent and didn't realize what they had, and they let him go, and since he went to Kansas City, he been a five-time All-Pro, yeah, he's terrific. but again, he wasn't a left tackle. So they've got to draft their left tackle. They're not going to be drafting Panay Sewell out of Oregon, who's the best on the board, and some say the best to come along in you know, five to or more years. He's going to go top five, depending on how many quarterbacks go. But there's going to be the kid at Oklahoma, the kid at Michigan. There are really, really interesting options there. That's where I think they got to put their capital.
0: Uh, what about Mac Jones at Alabama, the quarterback, if they want to get a quarterback in the first round? Certainly played in big games. Hadn't played a ton of them. Finally got his opportunity. But looks the part, Cap. Would he appease uh, the Bears fans?
2: I don't think so. I, I interviewed Jeff Schwartz last week whose brother is, I just mentioned, Mitchell Schwartz. Jeff played for the Giants. He went to Oregon, and now he's a football analyst. And I said, Mac Jones. He said, for what reason? He goes, (laughs) Mac Jones in the first round? He said, you mean the guy who has Najee Harris, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, and 15 more All-American weapons who they're wide open when he throws to them? He said he, just like Tua, who had a problem with it this year, They can't throw their receivers open. They're used to, well, I got the best offensive line, I got the best skill position players, and that guy's wide open and just deliver it. Mac Jones is not a great athlete. He's not elusive. So I'm just not convinced that I'm spending number 20 on Mac Jones. Now Again, Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, they're way smarter than all of us, and they're going to have to evaluate all these guys I just don't think they're taking Mac Jones at 20.
3: David Kaplan joining us as we take a look around Chicago sports. Cappy, uh, I don't know how invested you get into the Pocota projection system from Baseball America, but they came out the other day, and it has the Cubs projected to win more games than the White Sox. Did you see this? And if you did, how confused were you?
2: Yeah, baseball prospectus actually does these. And I have a subscription, which I highly recommend. It's a great, great site. They break down so many great things throughout the year. And I always wait for the Pocota. And somebody tweeted it at me yesterday morning while we were talking football. And I went, oh, today's Pocota day. I loved it. And fully expecting the White Sox to be at like 90 wins, 89, 91, something like that. And I look and I'm like, 83 in third place. What? (laughs) And then I look at the Cubs, second place in the division, 85 wins. And I thought, okay, you're in a worse division than the White Sox, but (laughs) more wins for the Cubs who lost Lester, Quintana, Darvish, Mm. Chatwood, Mm. four-fifths of their rotation left. But that's where they've got them, and ESPN's predictor has the Cubs actually improving by 1.9 wins at the end of the year.
0: Hmm. Pretty surprising. Well, it's surprising, too, but back to the Dakota when uh, it's not the Cardinals that are predicted to win the Central, it's the Brewers, who seemingly, I mean, they're, they're a decent baseball team every every year, but Arnato I, I mean, I think he's a huge difference maker. We shall see. Cap, speaking of baseball, apparently Cubs and the White Sox both packing up the semis uh, to head to Arizona spring training around the corner. Um, and by the sounds of things, Cap, it's going to start on time. Uh, any news?
2: Yeah, what we were told yesterday is be prepared to start doing baseball updates next week, that they will be there and that they are going to follow very strict protocols. They're going to have to wear monitoring devices, which is nothing new. I had a friend of mine go, baseball's going with monitoring devices? Has that ever happened? Yeah, that's what all the NFL teams did. Same thing with the NBA teams when they were in the bubble. The NFL teams, when you went, were a bear, you had to buzz, you know, be buzzed into the facility. Mm-hmm. You're wearing a wristband, and if you come too close to another player for too long amount of time, I think it was 12 minutes, I was told. Then they and that player tested positive. You immediately were hunted down and told you got to go into quarantine. So this is nothing new. I think it's smart. I'm just surprised. We don't have the DH. We don't have the expanded playoffs. And there's so much distrust on both sides. They can't figure out how to make all this happen.
3: All right, Cappy. How about for you? Are A is the plans, as you normally do, to go to Arizona? And secondly, spring training, people that go there, they talk about the media, just how great it is. Any idea what it's going to look like for not only people like you, but guys on the Daily Beat?
2: From what I know, I'm not going. And from what I know, a lot of media are not going. ESPN as a company basically stopped 90% of travel for reporters. I mean, the Super Bowl, there was a few, Diana Rossini and Dan Graziano, people like that, they were on the road some. But like Jesse Rogers, Jesse Rogers wasn't going anywhere. Mm -hmm. There were no baseball winter meetings. And from what I've been told, everything, all of our access, will be via zoom so i do not expect to see there'll be some out there i know russ dorsey tweeted yesterday from the sun times that he'll be out in Mesa to cover the cubs but i still think his interviews are all going to come via Zoom. zoom
0: mm, cap uh, just a couple more we'll let you go uh what are you hearing as far as fans at, at at wrigley once we once they come back north or guaranteed rate what what are you hearing the city of chicago is going to do for fans at the ballpark
2: So a friend of mine who is an infectious disease specialist who consults with Major League Baseball said he thought by opening day they'd be able to have 10% of fans, maybe 20. But opening day is less than two months away. I know I haven't gotten vaccinated. I don't know about you guys. My wife hasn't. Mm -mm. Um, My brother and his wife have because they're doctors. But, you know, the normal no walking around man or woman i don't believe have gotten vaccinated so that would surprise me and then dr arwadi who is the chief medical consultant for the city of chicago she said we're months away from having fans back at white Sox and cubs game now does months mean april 1st or does months mean july 1st i don't know
3: speaking of july are we gonna have full ballparks by then is it going to be 4th of July? Are we looking at the end of the season or even the playoffs? How about this? Will we see full stadiums across the board in Major League Baseball? Well, how about week one in Soldier? <laughs> there's there's a good one, too, at any point this season.
2: I do not think you'll see yeah. full 42,000 at Wrigley. No, I don't think they're a guaranteed rate. No mm-hmm. shot. I think from what this doctor told me, he's expecting that by August one. You're going to be going out to dinner, eating outside, enjoying life, and pretty much getting your life back. But he said there's still going to be a masking mandate. There's still going to be, you know, pounding you in the head to wash your hands, socially distance. He said just because you got a shot is not a 100% guarantee you're not getting this disease. And I know there are people out there go, I don't believe in it. My former father-in-law, I've been remarried for 17 years, but I'm still friends with my ex-wife. Her dad died a week ago of COVID. Mm. And they had no idea. They had all been together. They had no idea that somebody had, was asymptomatic. And he got it. Uh, where he got it, no one knows. But he went in the hospital, got pneumonia from it, and was gone. And it's real. So they are not going to mess around. And there's also talk in Major League Baseball that all your tickets now come on the Ballpark app. You guys have used it. Mm -hmm. They download your tickets. They don't print them. They Mm -hmm. save millions on printing that they're going like you have TSA pre on your boarding Mm -hmm. pass on your phone. They're going to have a thing that's going to have a V whether you were vaccinated (laughs) or not. And Major League Baseball could say, hey, Ken, you didn't take the shot. You haven't been vaccinated. Sorry, you can't come in.
0: And last thing for you, Cap, and I have no idea. I'm, uh, just because you're at the bar, as much as you are, did you ever cross paths with Pedro Gomez? And if so, I mean, uh, everything you read about the man, uh, just so well respected. Loved the game of baseball, covered it as well as anybody. Uh, did you have uh, any? Uh, did you cross paths at all with him?
2: I did. I actually called him a friend, and it was devastating to hear that Sunday night after the Super Bowl. I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, "Excuse me." What do you mean? What, what is it? Pedro Gomez is dead at 58? Uh, in fact, last spring training, before the pandemic hit, my producer Danny Zetterman and I from radio flew out there to do a week of shows from Cubs and Sox. And we had dinner at a great place that we love in Scottsdale, uh, Bourbon and Bones. And it is an awesome steakhouse. And we went, me, Jesse Rogers, Danny, Bob Nightingale, and we had an empty chair sitting there waiting for our friend Pedro Gomez, and he texted, said, I'm fighting a cold. I'm going to get some sleep. I'll see you guys at the park tomorrow. And that was the last time the next day I saw him. That was Mm -hmm. the last time I saw Pedro because then everything got shut down. We had him on a few times. Yeah, it was devastating, and I wasn't as close to him as others, like Jesse, and he were best friends. I mean, tight. But I can tell you one quick story. That in 2016, I'm at guaranteed rate. Word comes down that day that the Cubs had traded for Aroldis Chapman. I'm sitting in the dugout, and there's 40 microphones in Aroldis' face who does not speak English. And they're asking him questions, and he's doing the best he can. What did Mr. Ricketts ask you before they approved the trade because he'd had
3: Mm. domestic
2: violence Mm -hmm. suspension? And he's trying to answer it. You know, I was asleep in the morning, but I answered it. Everyone's, you know, jumping to conclusions that he's not taking it seriously. And Pedro, who's from Cuba, can see this is not going well for Aralvis, and it was innocent. He wasn't trying to be, you know, a jerk, anything. And Pedro said in Spanish to him, come here. And he does a complete interview. I'm standing off to the side watching this. A complete interview in Spanish on camera and then has a translator relay everything in English and it completely diffused the situation. That was the type of man Pedro Gomez was. He was awesome.
0: Great stuff, Cap. We'll end it on that. Uh, thank you for what you do for us. We'll uh, do so again next week. Thanks, Cap. Have a great week. All right, Drake
2: Loyola. It's going to be a hell of a series. Yeah. yeah. Hey,
0: so you, you've you been telling us, and I'm taking your advice. You're all over this Loyola Chicago team. I think you, I think you I might get a you couple did. of points this weekend. No?
3: Loyola by four, really? according
0: to Ken Powell. Is it? Yeah.
2: Loyola, what? In, in the first game, Loyola. Yeah, by four? that's yep. what Trent's got. It doesn't surprise me. What When you guys watch it, just watch. First of all, they got shooters everywhere. Cameron Crutwig yeah. inside, mm.
0: watch his footwork. That's a well coached player. Dude's been there forever, no doubt about it. Good <laughs> stuff, Cap. We'll be watching. We'll talk about that next week and other stuff. Appreciate it. See you, boys. See ya. Good to talk to David Kaplan. So is, I thought I might get a couple of points. That's in my media comp It play. is,
3: and in fact, I'm getting ready to print it out for our taping this afternoon, and uh, I saw that because you had a question mark because yeah. you didn't have the Ken Palm numbers. Yeah, Loyola by four. I think we're going to get a split Why out Well, you've been thing. saying
0: that for a couple of days.
3: These back-to-backs are weird. And speaking of that, I was thinking about doing the Saturday Iowa State-Kansas game, but without knowing what happens Thursday, mm-hmm. it's kind of difficult to do yeah. that.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
3: All right, uh, Cappy is sponsored by our friends at Centurion
0: Stone of Iowa. If you're looking for manufactured or natural stone uh, to accent or update your exterior or your interior project of any size, Centurion Stone of Iowa has a variety of styles, patterns, and colors for your every need. Centurion Stone. Uh, Over 200 available color and pattern combinations. Got that fireplace, the rec room, want to do something outside. Uh, Centurion Stone of Iowa. Check them out online, centurionstoneofiowa.com, and then visit the showroom or vice versa, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. They sponsor David Kaplan on a weekly basis. Good stuff there. You know what contest we need to run? What's that? Um, And I will do it. (laughs) Who can get the most of the quarterback carousel right? If it's going to be as many as as we think there's going to be. The Colts. What did they do? I thought it was going to be Carson Wentz. I
3: mean, there's going to be so much movement, Trent. It's going to make your head spin. If you're the Bears, does Carson Wentz make sense? Because Pace... He needs to get this right. I think it makes more sense for him to go and get reunited with Frank Reich. Yeah, where he played his best football. Who doesn't have a quarterback. Mm -hmm. For him, that makes Uh sense. For the Bears, who else? Is there anybody else that... Other than the big two? If if Wilson's free and
0: Watson apparently wants out, yeah. I don't know, Matt Ryan? Is Matt Ryan, is that... No, I think it's a stopgap. Like, I you know what? Cappy makes a great point on Mac Jones. You know, uh, drafting an Alabama quarterback. How
3: many times have you brought up Mac Jones to me, and what's my response every single know. time you do? Because, because every time you see a mock draft, not every time, but certainly a
0: lot of them. He's going to be a first-round pick. I said the uh, Todd McShay's mock came out today. He's got the first four picks. QB, 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 Penny Sewell. I, I like Sewell a whole lot. Then. So, so will Joe Burrow at five to Cincinnati. Yeah. That would be a heck of a maneuver for them, huh? More quarterback conversation coming up in a moment when we get Frank Schwab in here. But right now it's time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Text the keyword FUN to 200. 200 right now. It's your chance at a $1,000. FUN to 200-200.
1: You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest.
0: All right, fun to 200-200. Uh, Frank Schwab from YahooSports.com. He will join us next, Miller in Condon, uh, from 10 to noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.
1: Murph and Andy talk sports and more. Weekdays at 2 on 1460 AM and 106.3 FM. This is KXNO.
3: Kevin here to let you know my good friends at Renters Warehouse are in heavy demand right now in Des Moines for three reasons. One, the rental market is booming. People rent during uncertain times and homes are getting leased fast. Two, with professional video marketing and self-showing technology, Renters Warehouse meets all healthy and safety guidelines for our social distancing world. And three, with regulations changing so quickly, more people are learning that using an experienced property manager is far less stressful than trying to do everything yourself. Now is not the time to DIY or mess with inexperienced property managers. For a low, flat monthly fee, Renters Warehouse will take the grunt work off your plate with no upfront fees and no paperwork or 3 a.m. maintenance calls. Plus, they can help you turn your part-time rental into a full-time cash flow machine. And if you're a real estate agent... They're offering cash payments for referrals. Go to renterswarehouse.com to book your free home rental price analysis today. Or call 515-528-4429. That's 515-528-4429. Renters Warehouse, Des Moines. You'll always...
0: Welcome back, Miller & Condon, uh, 1135 Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXO, and 106.3 on the FM dial. Let's get to our friend Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com, as we talk a little NFL with the quarterback carousel. Not spinning yet, but uh, get on board teams that need one. Uh, It's about to get crazy. Frank Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. Frank Schwab, how you been?
4: Hey, good, how you doing?
0: Doing well. So this uh, quarterback carousel, um, is it going to be as... Uh, active as uh, seemingly a lot of people in the industry believe it's going to be. Um, maybe, you know, double digit quarterbacks in new cities next year, and this is including drafted guys. Uh, is it going to be crazy, do you think?
4: I don't think it's going to be as crazy as people think. Uh, it just because, at the end of the day, teams generally stick to what they know at quarterback, They're, there's a fear of the unknown. And even we, you know, we saw like the Rams obviously wanted to get rid of golf. But they needed a quarterback in return. The same with the Lions. The Lions the Lions didn't just trade Matthew Stafford, they needed a viable starting quarterback in return. So, you know, you think about it and it's uh you know, are are the Houston Texans gonna trade Deshaun Watts back in return? I, I don't think so. And I honestly, like again, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I just requested a trade, but if I'm Houston Texans I'm not the franchise that trades Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. I tell him, hey, we're sorry you're upset, We, but we just signed you to a $140 million deal or whatever it is. If you wish to retire at age 26 and (laughs) give us back $100 plus, you can do that, but you ain't playing for anybody else. It's us or don't play at all. And I don't know what leverage Watson would have at that point. Now, look, if the Dolphins come with two uh, and some first-round picks, if the Jets offer up the second pick plus, Okay, then I get it. Like, you're getting rid of an unhappy quarterback, and you can sell your fan base on, hey, we're drafting Justin Fields number two. Get excited about this. But I, to me, there's only two teams that can really make that offer, and it's the Jets and Dolphins. And neither one's willing to give, like, a, just a huge, huge offer for Deshaun Watson. I don't think he goes anywhere. And then the quarterback carousel isn't going to be as kind of hot and heavy. Look at, you know, a team like San Francisco. It's great to say, okay, we want to upgrade from Jimmy Garoppolo, but who's it going to be? Who do you get? The Indianapolis Colts—they need a quarterback. All right, well, who are they going to get? A guy, again, it's—it's—it's it's, it's one thing to, you know to just say, oh, you know, the Phillies moving on from their guy, San Francisco's moving on from their guy, Houston, and this. But generally, teams need replacements, and that's not always a great fit, like it was kind of with the Rams and Lions.
3: A guy that you know well from his one-year stay in Wisconsin with the Badgers, Russell Wilson. He's chirping a little bit. We're hearing a lot of chirping here. Your thoughts on Wilson, the possibility of him getting at least more of a say inside the front offices there in Seattle. And secondly, when we hear this, we see the Watts we see this going on and on, just how different it feels like the NFL is evolving in the player empowerment era we've seen in the NBA. Is it here now in the NFL?
4: It could be. It could mm-hmm. be. And you know, that's fine. Like that's, Hey, that that's, that's the way it goes. I mean, but but the difference I think anyway is the franchise tag in that, you know, if if Giannis wants to leave the Bucks, like there's not much the Bucks can really do about it. But if if you know Deshaun Watson wants to leave Houston, well they say like kind of like Dak Prescott. Well, we'll just keep franchise tagging you. And the fear that players have that one injury could end it all. You don't, you want that long term contract. So, you know, even like Deshaun Watson last year, when, you know, when he signed that, everybody's like, well, he signed the deal. Why did he sign the deal if he was that upset with the Texans? Like, everybody can figure this out. Like, you worry, especially for a guy who's had two ACL injuries, that one injury and your financial future could be ruined. Uh, so I think that's always going to be part of the NFL scene where we could talk about player empowerment and, and I think it's actually a good thing. But I, at the end of the day, and the one thing the NFL is always going to have is you're always one play away. Like Giannis, because I'm a Bucks fan, obviously, yeah. I bring him up. But Giannis, I mean, how many times do we really truly see a career-ending NBA injury? It's pretty darn rare. Whereas in the NFL, we see it fairly regularly. So I just think that's the big difference. Now with Russell, I think it's less of what he said. Like everybody's breaking down like, Oh, a lot of these sacks are his fault. Complaining about protection—what's he do? That I don't think it's specifically him complaining about protection. It's that Russell Wilson said anything at all. If it, if anybody's followed Russell Wilson's career, he's kind of the company man. Like he is a guy who's never made waves. He's never said anything controversial. He's he's basically a politician playing quarterback. And for him to say anything critical about the Seahawks, no matter what it was, to me it wasn't necessarily. Russell Wilson's asking for offensive line help, this is the first sign that Russell Wilson's really unhappy because if he says anything at all... That kind of means that it, it, there's some something brewing there because he's never been like Dennis rare
0: Speaking of saying, uh, of talking, uh, I want to go back to the Super Bowl and Tyrone Matthew and and Tom Brady getting it in, getting into it, and then uh, Matthew not l- letting it die the day after the game by saying, and he didn't say what he what he's accusing Brady of saying, but he said something that um, you know that Brady um, you know, maybe might have crossed the line with what he said. Will we ever find out?
4: I don't know. I I doubt it. Like, I mean, if, why would it come out, you know, six months from now? I, you know, when somebody says that, Hey, it's a, it's a little bit reckless for him to say Uh that. I agree. uh, At the same time, like you do hope Brady didn't say anything that was more than two competitors really getting caught up in the heat of the moment. Like, you know, I, that's the way I looked at that. Like, I didn't think anything, you know, it's, it's two guys who are at the absolute peak of their profession. Probably both going to the Hall of Fame. Both very respected competitors. They respect each other, I think. And you get caught up, and you get in the heat of this, and it's a Super Bowl, and you start saying stuff. Now, again, I, I hope Ray didn't cross any lines that that you kind of can't take back. But I don't know that we're ever going to find out. I think we probably would have found out by now. But, and again, I just hope that you know it wasn't anything you know too. You know, too damaging. Like I said, that he could never, you know, Mm -hmm. take back or or adequately apologize for.
3: On the eve of the Super Bowl, we found out this year's entries into the Hall of Fame. A great class, headlined by Peyton Manning. How about the guys that didn't go get in, though? You have any problem looking at this list of uh, Tony Baselli, Zach Thomas, Clay Matthews the Elder not
4: getting in? Any issues for you? I think maybe this is just growing up uh, in Wisconsin, but. Leroy Butler stands out to me. I'm mm-hmm. Nothing against John Lynch. I, I think John Lynch was a great player. I covered him here in Denver, uh, a good, good guy, like all that kind of stuff. But I, I honestly don't think he was a better player than Leroy Butler. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But I just think Leroy Butler kind of was almost a, a ahead of his time, a new age safety who could line up in the box and blitz. He could make big plays in the back end. He was kind of a, a big piece of that 96 championship team. And the 90 that went back the year after. Uh, and to me, I, you know, I think Baselli should be in. I, I don't know about Zach Thomas. I, I think he's got a fine argument, but I'm not sure he's a slam dunk. But the one guy who I think and I hope, look, safety's always been kind of underrepresented in Canton. And I think Leroy Butler, I, I think he's, honestly, I think he's a better player to see that water. I think he's a better player than John Lynch. And I hope he gets his due. I would like to see him get in because, he was kind of a do-everything safety before that really existed.
0: Yeah, it really was. Uh, you know, just about one more on the Super Bowl. Of uh, course, leading up to the – and Eric Biami, uh, year after year, has been getting passed over for for head coaching opportunities. Uh, both box coordinators um, – I mean, look, look at the jobs that they did through the playoff run, right? Bulls and Leftwich. Leftwich called a tremendous, tremendous football game. A bunch of them uh, to get to where there are. What about those two? What Bulls been there, but Leftwich hasn't had that head coaching opportunity opportunity it's more than just Eric Bieniemy who seemingly was passed over this go-round
4: yeah I agree with that and then you know some people are like well Bowles failed in with the Jets so why does he deserve another job and I saw a great stat and it's that I think it's 17 of the last 24 Super Bowl winning coaches were on their second job or third job hmm. and uh, Bowles failing with the Jets well it's the Jets like right. and I think that that speaks to kind of the. The 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 system that's in place to kind of hold these guys back. You look at uh, Raheem Morris, who had basically one bad year with the Bucks, and he, he he had to go down to the bottom of the ladder. Whereas a guy like Adam Gates could be a terrible coach and get a job right away. Like, are you telling me that you know Todd Bowles should should not be a head coach right now because he didn't do as well as he should have with one of the worst franchises in football? Like, I I don't believe that. And you know, a lot of guys. A lot of guys don't you know, hit a home run in their first job. It's not the right fit. It's not a good franchise, whatever it is. And you saw Todd Bowles, who's you know, a, 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 totally respected around the league, a defensive genius, and he just held one of the best offenses of our era out of the end zone. The first, there, the 2010 Kansas City Chiefs were only the third Super Bowl team not to score a touchdown out of 110 participants. And Todd Bowles and his defense had a big say in that. As Byron left with another guy, He's he's been a quarterback. He knows the game. He's respected. He, he's been calling plays all year. Arians famously said, I'm not calling the plays. I'll come back, but I'm not calling the plays. And yeah, I think these guys should get another spot, job. And, you know, for everybody who says, like, well, what can you do? The head coach, you know, you can't wait until after the Super Bowl, to hire head coaches. Well, why not? Like, I, we have start free agency on a certain date. Why can't we? say okay the, the coaching cycle starts on february 10th why not like that's what we do for free agency why can't it be same for coaches so I, I think that some things need to get fixed because it's it honestly is pretty shameful for the nfl that guys like bulls the enemy left which they didn't get a job this cycle it's it's kind of ridiculous when you look at some of the guys who did get jobs in their resume
3: frank final minute here and i'll get you out on this Super Bowl hangover, we seemingly see it every single year mm, yeah. for the team that loses the Chiefs. It doesn't seem like on paper it makes a whole lot of sense, but what would concern you for Kansas City going into 2021?
4: Yeah, and that's the thing. It's its nothing on paper that you concern yourself with. Just the same way I wouldn't have been concerned about the 49ers on paper going into this year, yeah. but it happens all the time, and sometimes it's just bad luck. I mean, what if... Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey both get hurt next year. I'm obviously hoping that's... I'm not trying to say I hope that happens, but it does happen. It. What if Andy Reid retires? What if... Who knows? Like, sometimes just catch bad breaks. What if the Los Angeles Chargers just take a leap that nobody sees coming, and they beat them for the A.C. West? A million things can happen. It's not just the thing people think with Super Bowl hangover of, oh, we lost, it's tough to get back. It's sometimes things totally out of your control, like the 2020-49ers, so... On paper, no, I can't sit here and say I think the Chiefs are going to fall off, but it does happen all the time, so we can't rule it out. Frank Schwab,
0: YahooSports.com. The NFL never sleeps. Uh, it's a 12-month-a-year, thankfully, 52 weeks, and we're grateful for that. Frank, we'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. Thank you. Yep, sounds great. Good to talk to you. Frank Schwab, Yahoo sports.com for Frank Schwab. We'll get our final timeout. Uh, Trent will have some picks. We've got Rutgers as a, how many
3: points are they getting? Six. Six. Uh, last look before the show today. We'll give one final cursory glance, and I got a pick on that game. Oh, good. Well, I'm anxious to hear it. And just speaking of hearing it, if you can't
0: be in front of your TV, you can hear it down the hall from us. On News Radio 1040 WHO, pregame 5:30, tip off 6:30, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.
1: It's basketball season in Hawkeye Country, and we've got you covered. Previews before the games, recaps the next day. Enjoy the ride with us, Hawkeye fans, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 AM and 106.3 FM, KXNO.
3: UFC 257 gave the fans the show they were looking for. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of UFC, is putting you in the center of this weekend's title fight with 100 to 1 odds on your chosen fighter to step out of the octagon, raising the belt. Pick either main event fighter to win this weekend's UFC 258 bout and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100 to 1 odds.
0: That's a $1 bet on either fighter to reign victorious and if your fighter wins, you will cash $100. Don't worry if MMA isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code KXNO when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 on your chosen title contender to win.
3: That's code KXNO to turn $1 into $100 on the main event Saturday night for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook.
0: Must be 21 or older. Iowa only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com .com slash sportsbook for details. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Final couple of minutes here on a Wednesday. Murph and Andy at 2. The Fanatics coming up at 4. I have no idea what's at 6. I usually when I put that out there, I'm dead wrong. So I'm just going to... Yeah, whatever's change, on the radio
3: at 6. They ho- changed Central yesterday because the game tonight. Right. I'm going to guess they flip-flop, Cyclone I'm, Insider. I have
0: quit guessing. I'm wrong all the time. I know Murph and Andy will be here at 2 yes. and the Fanatics at 4. And tomorrow morning at
3: 6, the morning rush will be on. You got that down, and we'll be back tomorrow at 10. I got that, part. Okay, so... You kind of teased this Rutgers-Iowa game. I, 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 Too many points? Oh, just no doubt. I'm tasting the money line here. Oh. And not a nibble. I'm taking a, I'm going to take a full bite. We're going to bet a full unit also right. on the money line. So yes, I grabbed the six and a half when I saw it this morning. That so was, you can't lose because if you actually lose your bet, bets, <laughs> you will have won, your team will have won the game. An emotional hedge uh-huh. also in store for this one. Yes, if Iowa goes out and blows out the Scarlet Knights tonight, all right. For out some bucks, we'll <laughs> be all right. But your team put one in the win, Cole. All call. right. They live to see another day. My favorite bet, though, of the day is one that, on the surface, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I told you last week, Missouri was kind of my team Wolfer- of the week. Oh, for Chattanooga? No, not there, not there. Missouri was my team of the week. Uh-huh. I wanted to see them. They played midway game against Kentucky, played well, yep. got the win, and then what they did over the weekend, holding on to beat Alabama. A couple of fun games, and I like that Missouri team. Now they go to Ole Miss, who isn't very good. But you had Ole Miss winning last week against Tennessee. It worked out for you. Yeah. And uh, they're a different team in Oxford, you know. Well, you've always said that. They're laying one and a half. Again, on the surface, doesn't make sense. Jump on the Rebels with me. We'll lay the point and a half, and they will beat top 10 in Mizzou. And they'll call it an upset. But us gamblers know it was not an upset. All right. What about the uh, U and I Drake line? Have you seen it? It was at nine and a half this morning when uh-huh. I saw it. It moved to 10 right before our show. Drake money coming in, you'd have to assume, Mm -hmm. at least on on the surface level. I like Drake at 9.5, but now I think we're going to be doing a little bit more investigating. In fact, back down to 9.5 now as we currently look at it. As you would guess, the public is on Drake, though not a huge number, just 54% on the Bulldogs right now. Well, that game is on CBS Sports Network tonight at 6. The Hawks come up at
0: 6.30. That's on BTN, but again, if you can't uh, see it... You can hear it on News Radio 1040 WHO. All right, as we mentioned, Murph and Antioch 2, The Fanatics at 4. Morning Rush begins another day of local programming tomorrow at 6 a.m. We're Miller and Condon. We man the 10 to noon shift on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.